Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, I'll be joined by Sarah Parker, mother of Candace Parker, who is currently playing with the Chicago Sky, and Anthony Parker, who as well had a 15-year career in the NBA and overseas. So Sarah, welcome to the show, and I really appreciate you spending some time with me here on Courtside Moms. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start at the beginning and talk about Candace as a child. How did her love for basketball come about? Um, I think she, we're a basketball family. So she kind of grew up watching basketball. And um, initially, she, that wasn't her love. Her initial love was soccer. She wanted to be an Olympic soccer ball player. Wow. So she played basketball, you know, for fun and she enjoyed it, but she, she absolutely loved soccer. And it wasn't until she was in probably seventh grade that she really fell in love with basketball. Wow. You know, she played in, at the Y and she played, you know, um, AAU. I think her first AAU experience, she was 11. And, um, you know, it was fun and she enjoyed it, but she was still doing soccer and basketball. And then, you know, sort of in eighth grade, she fell in seventh, eighth grade, she fell in love with basketball. And, you know, then she had to make a choice, which was very difficult because <laughs> <laughs> they're the same season. Right. So her being the youngest, was she very competitive with her brothers? She wanted to do everything they did. You know, she wasn't competing against them. She wanted to do everything they did and she wanted to do it just as well. Wow. And so, you know, it was, it was funny to watch cause she's so much younger, you know, we're outside and uh, we used to go to the court and the kids would play with their dad and um, Candace would watch until it was her turn. And then she would get mad cause she couldn't take her shirt off and play like her brother. <laughs> I don't blame her. It's and, hot. Yeah. She, <laughs> She wanted to take that shirt. She's shirts and skins. I was like, mm mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a different game for you. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. You got long you got long ponytails and no shirt on. Yeah, no, yeah. can't do it. <laughs> That's awesome. When she was around eleven or twelve when she started playing seriously. And at that yes. point, around 96, that's when the WNBA had recently started. So was she bought now into the idea of playing in the WNBA? She, I think she fell in love with basketball at that age, but also that was the year, you know, I think it was in Atlanta and the, and the USA women's team won the one and she got to watch Lisa Leslie and all of them. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Hey, I, I could really, I could do this. And so, you know, she really, she really fell in love with it. And, and I think she would, would, would have dreamed of doing that. Wow. And to think later on in life, she actually plays <laughs> with Lisa Leslie. <laughs> I said, and I'm to sorry. imagine years later, she actually plays with Lisa Leslie. Absolutely. Who would have known, Absolutely. right? <laughs> no, you just never know, you know, what's, um, what's going to happen and where they'll, where their career will lead them or where their love and passion, yeah. you know, um, Candace was blessed with 
a great deal of athleticism and height. And, um, you know, her parents loved to take her and her dad taught her. And so she had uh, options to do a number of things. And, you know, we had to tell her, you're a good athlete. You're going to be pretty good at most things you do. You have to find what you love to do. Right. Where is your passion? Absolutely. But it's good that she was well-rounded, right? I mean, yeah, it was. She she did volleyball. She loved volleyball just as much. Volleyball, basketball, and and soccer. She played all the time. And her uh, her brothers reminded us pretty much constantly that we only let them do one sport at a time, but we allowed her to do more. <laughs> and I explained it's just logistics. I couldn't get both of them one place, two different places. Yeah. But with her, it's just you know you could do it. Of course. Well. She must have watched both WNBA and NBA games at that point. So oh, do you, Yeah. So do you think she modeled skills after players from both? I do. I think she would, um, out in the driveway, you know, she'd watch games and she'd go out and try things. And we lived in the Chicago area, so we went to Bulls games. And, you know, she was constantly watching and making comments. We were at a game one time. She was probably about eight or nine. And she um, sitting there and she goes, they're never going to win if they don't rebound. <laughs> and this, this guy turned around. He goes, how old is she? Said, don't worry. <laughs> she was already skilled She'd at that point. basketball forever. Yeah, yeah. How old was yeah. she when, when Anthony went to the NBA? Oh, Anthony was 22. So she was 11. Wow. Oh, okay. So just about when she started taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. He got drafted in 97 and... Um, it was kind of hard because uh, Anthony never saw her play a live game until she was a junior in, at Tennessee. Wow. So he didn't get to see her play in high school. No, not in person. He would, we would try to, we would send him tapes and things like that because he played in the NBA and then he went, he, he hurt himself and then he went to Israel and played for six years and loved it, had an amazing career there. And so he, he wasn't even in the country. So he, he missed that part of her. So when she, you know, his teammates in Israel were actually calling and telling him your sister dumped. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, I'm surprised he didn't take the bragging rights and said, yeah, I taught her all that. <laughs> no, they just, they accused, um, her brothers accused her father and I of making it up. She can't dunk. You're just making that up, you know? <laughs> well, they went to the same high school, no? They all went, all three of them went to the same high school. Right. That's the only school that they all three attended. Wow. And that was Napierville Central, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk about her time there and her accomplishments, both on and off the court. Um, you know, uh, she was fortunate because it's a, a small community. And, you know, the coach knew about her when she was in fourth grade. And he would, you know, he has a camp for kids every year from, I think third grade through high school. And so he would always remind us when the camp was because he wanted her to come, you know, yeah. and she'd go and she, I think the first year she went, she played the second year, I think she was in fifth grade and he put her with the high school freshman. And so she thought that was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> she wasn't as good as they were, but she was tall and she was, you know, she was decent. So she got a chance to see what was ahead a little bit, but she was still playing soccer you know, and still playing volleyball at that time. So then when she got to high school um, as a freshman, she she had an amazing coach. He was the nicest guy. They're close to this day. 
And um, he was he was really good for her. And, um, you know, he he helped her, you know, grow off the court. You know, um, if her dad and I were kind of giving her the business, you know, he would, you know, remind her that she was a, she was a good player and that we were just trying to help her. And so he um, it was a great experience um, when she first started. You know, she was kind of disappointed because she did not they didn't they didn't have a great team and they didn't do really well, mm-hmm. but they developed and they worked hard and they got better. Her junior and senior year, they won the state championship. Right. So she won, uh, they won the last two years that she was in high school. Absolutely. And it was really a blessing because her, you know, she tore her ACL the summer of her junior year on July 11th. And she had surgery on July 29th. And she came back and played um, December 27th in a game. Right. For her high school. And so it it was a, it was really amazing, you know, that she got an opportunity to do that. Of course. So did you notice schools um, coming to watch her play? And I'm referring to colleges now at this point when she was in high school. Did you, did anybody come see her? Yeah, they started, they started coming her freshman year, um, coming to watch her play. And, you know, they were in the stands back in those days. Um, AAU coaches could talk to the college coaches. Yeah. And her father and I had her AAU team from seventh grade through until she graduated. Okay. And so we coached her along with a good friend of ours, Mike Henry. And so we coached. So when the coaches were coming, they would send all three of us a note that they were coming, you know, and they were going to be there. And we didn't really talk to them there. They talked to the coaches, but we knew, you know, we knew they were there. And as she got more and more notoriety, some of the better coaches, or I won't say better, but more well-known coaches would come. And so, you know, it was then that you knew that she maybe had a chance to play in college. <laughs> so how different was the recruitment process at that point between, that you've noticed between Anthony and, and Candace? Wow. Um, it, was, it was a big difference. You know, Anthony was a good ball player, a real good ball player in state. Um, but by the time Candace graduated high school, she was arguably considered the top one or two players in the country. So I think it's so much harder when you have 300 schools coaching you trying to make a decision. If you only have four or five schools, you, you have a little bit easier time maybe. Um, but what we did with Candace was, um, when she was a sophomore and we knew that she was going to have an opportunity to play. We asked her what was most important to her in a school. Was it proximity, close to home? Was it the size of the school, attendance, the following the bathroom? And we had to write those things down and then we just put them away. Then we get to junior, fast forward to junior year. And now you're, you know, you got the coaches all coming at you. And for sure, an adult can trick you every time if you're not aware, I think. And so, you know, people will try to convince you what they have is what you need and what you want. Yep. And so we pulled out her little list and we said, well, these are the things that you said. And this school doesn't have that. And this school. So, you know, have you changed your mind? No, no, I don't think so. You know, so help her to try to think right. her way through the process. Right. And it was very, it was really stressful and tough. You know, it was really stressful. We got, you know, a hundred pieces of me. I mean, we became good friends with our FedEx guy. <laughs> That's awesome. He came, 
<laughs> he came to her high school games. He's like, I'm delivering all this mail to this guy. I just got to go see who, what this is all about. And I love he, that. The, he came to the first game and he was at all of them until she graduated. That is you know? awesome. <laughs> yeah. He'd bring bags of mail. And, you know, we told her, we said, Candace, now you have to get the schools to 10 right yeah. now. Just give me 10 schools because it's not fair to the rest of these people that are wasting their time and energy if you're not interested. You tell us 10 schools that you're interested in. So all this mail that you were getting, did you eventually stop saving the letters? I I don't know. I think I still have some of them put away. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think her very first one that she got, um, her very first scholarship offer was actually from Homer Drew at Valparaiso. She was out in the driveway playing basketball when he came to recruit Anthony. Oh, <laughs> And he said, just for the record, I'm giving her her first college. I think she was like, I don't know, 10, something like that, nine. I don't know. She she was, uh, she was little, you know? And so it was, it was kind of, no, she was like seven, seven or eight. It was like, it was funny. And, um, and then um, Doug Bruno at DePaul really gave her her first official offer when she was in summer of her eighth grade year. Right. He said, I just want to let you know, I have a scholarship for her you know, and, um, you know, so she was pretty excited about that, but, you know, she didn't, um, she wasn't aware of a lot of things that were going on. You know, we kind of kept her, she played, she had fun, you know, she did tournaments and things, but a funny story. Um, we were at a tournament in, in the city and, um, one of a uh, guy that came in, who's very well-renowned in women's basketball, he came in and, he said, you know, um, he was talking to her and her dad and I, and he said, you know, you're, um, you're really ranked high in Street and Smith and you're not even in high school yet. And she said, who is he? I don't think I've ever met him. <laughs> and so we pulled her aside and we're like, it's, it's a magazine. It's somebody's opinion. Why would you embarrass me? Why wouldn't you tell me? I said, they're, they're, we told her, those are other people's opinions of you. And these are positive, but there will be negative too. Right. And we don't want you to listen to any of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was so mad. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned before that you had tucked away a list that she made for her schools. So what was on that list that helped her make the, choo- uh, make the choice to choose Tennessee? Um, she wanted to go to a school with a coach that she felt could take them to a championship, a coach that she felt could make her better, a school that had um, a good, good academic program, but it didn't have to be, you know, MIT, yeah. you know, but just a good, a good program, a school that had a good basketball following and culture, right. um, that her dad and I could get to games. It didn't have to be, yeah. you know next door but we could at least get to a game and that was part of the problem you know with with a Stanford and with a Duke I can't get in the car I can drive to Tennessee it's like eight nine hours but I can't even think about driving to Stanford or some of the other schools so we told her you can go but we can't get there all the time I feel you and so (laughs) yeah and that's one of the things Anthony did you know when he made his decision he went to Bradley in Peoria and it was a you know, it was a two hour drive from the house. And right. so he knew he felt like his brother and sister were at home. And if he went far away, he would never get to see him. Wow. And so, yeah. Well, my son, he played at UNLV and I was in Montreal. So it was a six hour flight to a home game. 
<laughs> so it didn't matter. No matter where not, you played, it was six hours flight. And not count, not counting the cost of it. And, and and never mind sitting in the airport for two hours before and oh, so every game. But it was worth it. Of course, it it. of course. <laughs> there were so many times I would have to fly in for like a Wednesday game. I had to be back to work. You know what I mean? Like right away. You know, I would fake sick on Thursday and be on that Thursday morning flight back to <laughs> back home Thursday afternoon. Oh, yeah. But you got to do what you got to do for your kids, right? You do. And it's um, it's a time you never get back. That's right. And That's you right. never and you never forget. Yeah. No, I will you never know, forget. And, um, their their father. Um, uh, we're divorced, but their father played at Iowa. And um, so he had gone through the recruiting process. So it, it was a big help. You know, understanding, you know, how it was coming and what was going to happen and, you know, um, helping her navigate through it. And um, it was not easy. Well, I can imagine because the times are different, right? When he went through that process and then trickling down to his kids, I can imagine it being a little bit different, but still a good resource where you know where to start. Many more many more rules and things like that, but at least it helps you to understand, you know, um, when you're going through the recruiting process, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. You know, that's as good as it gets. And so one of the things we did with Candace and with Anthony some is we took them on unofficial visits in the summer and in the fall to schools and let them go hang out with the team without the coaches or without anybody you know, then you can ask the questions and you can talk to the players that don't play as well as the stars or the players that do. And you can figure out what questions you want answered and, and how you feel and um, just get a feel for the university and the culture, what you like and what you don't. I love that. You see a lot of parents will never think of that. You know what I mean? And here you have these live testimonials, you know what I mean? Coming from actual students versus what you're reading or what you're hearing or versus what the coaches tell you. Because like you said, every coach that comes and sits on your couch, it's a fantastic school, right? Until your child gets there. It's a fantastic school, but okay, let's, you know, you have to do your homework. And, uh, And some people just don't understand that. You have to do your homework. How many players are at your position? Who are they recruiting to come in after you? at your position yeah. you know what what style of ball do they play is this going to fit who you are and what you have to offer and there's a lot you know that goes into that yeah and and it's all you know it's a business you know basketball is fun in high school and elementary and AAU it's a business in yeah. college and it's, it's good that you said that because like I was saying before a lot of parents don't recognize that a lot of parents are so excited that their child got a scholarship that they just send them there's no, you to be, there's no background check. There's no nothing. They're just like, oh my goodness, someone wants my son to, or daughter to play and let's just send them to that school and then your child's miserable and no one understands why. I mean, it doesn't take much to do um, research. And even if it does, so what? This is your child's future. It's so important. So to me, I just it love really kudos is. to you as a parent to really involve yourself and involve your kid and say, look, you know what I mean? If you want to, if you want to go to this school, you're going to have to look first and see if this is a good fit, because if it's not a good fit, it's just going to be miserable. No. And Marcus was amazing in Anthony and Candace's recruiting process as well, even though he wasn't. Um, <laughs> when the coaches came to recruit Anthony, they said they were they came in and they said, yeah, we were told, watch out for that little brother. He asked the tough questions. And he does. <laughs> he did. He really did. You know, um, oh. 
he would ask them, well, why would you want my brother? You got three players at this position. How, how do you figure he's going to play? And they'd look at him like, could you be quiet? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he was hilarious. He would tell us the one coach left and he said, I feel like we ought to count our silverware. I don't think he's truthful. <laughs> <laughs> so what were Candace's college years like? Her first college year was horrific. Oh. She played USA basketball and somewhere along the line, her knee started to swell and, you know, she felt like it was fine. So, she, you know, they went on. Well, she got to Tennessee and um, Pat and Jenny Moshek saw her knee and said, mm, no, that's not normal. We need to check that out. She says, I've been playing like this all summer. It's just fine. She said, mm, no, it shouldn't be swollen like that. So they took her and they did some tests and she basically had microfracture surgery her freshman year. Wow. And, you know, she was devastated because she just finished going through ACL right. rehab. And so she was, she was devastated. And um, her dad told her, he said, well, pity party's over. It, it, it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? And she said, I'm going to come back and be better than I was. But there you go. You know, and so they, they gave her hope. They told her, they told her initially that she couldn't play that her freshman year. And she says, I bet I can, I bet I can. And so, you know, Pat knew that if you didn't want her to break all the way down, we need to give her some hope. And right. so they did. And she worked really hard and she came back and she tried to play in practice and stuff. And we were like, it's just it's not worth it. You're just not where you need to be and you need to heal, yeah. you know? So it was really, that freshman year was hard. Um, that was also the year that um, her dad and I decided we couldn't do this anymore. And so she went to school with a happy family and she came home and, you know, her mom and dad weren't together. Her, she wasn't going to be able to play her freshman year. She didn't know how her knee was going to respond. She was just, it was a tough year for her, yeah. a very tough year. Yeah, a lot of so, unknowns. Um, but, she, but she made it. And, um, you know, I, I went down and when she had her surgery, I stayed down with her and um, I got a hotel room and stayed with her for about, I don't know, three, four weeks because she was total non-weight bearing on crutches wow. Wow, and you're a freshman. Yeah. You got to get to class. Yeah. You got to do laundry. You got to, all these things going on. So I just kind of wanted to give her a little bit of a start. And so um, then after that, her next year, um, she was able to play and she, she loved it. She, she had a good college career. Um, everyone likes to say she left early. She did not. She did four years. She had a year of eligibility from red shirt that she did not want to take. Yeah. Um, the reason you go to college is to get a degree. She That's had right. a degree. So you tell people don't go to school for basketball. So you can't just stay for basketball either. Exactly. You know? Exactly. No, seriously, seriously though. You only have so many tread on your, so much tread on your tires. Yep. Yep. And you know, Unfortunately, her senior year, she dislocated her shoulder in a in a NCAA game, and it went out. It, it came out twice. She tore her labrum, and it came out twice in one game. And so she um, she had a pretty tough tournament, but she made it. They won the championship, That's and right. so they were thinking maybe she should go back to college and get her shoulder operated on. And and she was like, no. 
Oh, I'm just going to go. And she played her first almost two years in the WNBA with a torn. Yeah. And then it started just popping out when she was sleeping. It's like, okay, you got to get this fixed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so despite all of that, like you said, she left um, school with a championship. So at yes, this point did. now, mom, were you sold to the idea of, wait a minute, wait a minute, my, my girl's pretty good and she could be in the WNBA out soon in her future no i i i figured by when she was in high school i figured that she could play at a high at an elite level right i didn't i didn't say oh she's the best in the country or nothing like that but i felt like with her skill set and her size and her work ethic and her basketball iq she could play at an elite level yeah you know she could she could compete and um and she did. And she, you know, she was a, a hard worker and a fast learner. Yeah. And she's still that way. She's in the gym every day. So let's talk about the draft process and getting prepared for it. Like, was it easier the second time around with Candice or was it different from Anthony's experience? Because the two leagues are so different. They're very different. Anthony was not an elite player. Um, he started the season as the number one shooting guard in the country. And he tore his fifth metatarsal in his foot and he, he missed almost his whole senior season. So he got drafted in the first round, but he was not a lottery pick. So he wasn't invited to the draft. We had a party at the house for his teammates and, and our family and some of his close friends, but it was very different. Candace won a championship in Tampa at night. And back then the draft was the next day. So at six o'clock, she was up and dressed on her way to the draft to do makeup, hair, clothes, millions of interviews, get drafted, finish doing more interviews and get on a plane and go to LA at that night. It was like a whirlwind. Thank goodness somebody said, this is not a good idea. Let's have the drafts a few days after the, the championship instead of having these players celebrate a championship till four o'clock in the morning. Now we've got to go to the draft. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah. crazy. So that was the, you know, that was the big difference. She was invited and um, it was a blessing, you know, um, that she got selected and number one and she was, you know, excited about it and looking forward to, you know, playing and she was really excited about coming to LA. Well, take us to draft night though and tell us what happens at a WNBA draft. Well, I can tell you what happened 13 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, 13 years. It is. Um, well, they they have interviews. You know, they ha we have they have a special room for all those that are invited to the draft, and you sit at a table and wait until you know your your name is called. And um, once your name is called, then you you leave and you begin a circuit of interviews um, at home, at your college city, and at the city where you're drafted. And uh, once you finish those. Um, they have meetings, and then you're, we, we were on our way back to the hotel so she could get ready to get to L.A. the next day. Wow. So she went number one. Did you expect her to go number one? Um, one or two. Yeah. You know, you just never know what a team is going to do. Absolutely. You know, they can tell you, you know, because she hurt her shoulder. I was like, maybe, they, maybe she'll go four or five. Who knows? But um, LA had the first draft and they said that they were going to take her, but we didn't know, you know, 
Yeah. Um, Chicago had the second draft and that's our home. So yeah. it was a win, it was a win-win. Did you look back and say to yourself, I have two kids that went first round in, in their, in their drafts? You know, um, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a blessing. And I tell you what was the, like the big shocker to me. I mean, I'm old. I grew up when women could, I couldn't even play basketball. They didn't have it at school for girls. Yeah. And so I look up and I say, I have a child that played in the Olympics and it wasn't my son. It was my daughter. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, you know, I'm so happy to see women's athletics and sports and absolutely. the opportunities arrive for women. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's, that was, you know, really amazing. Did you, you know, my daughter mm -hmm. has two Olympic gold medals and, and her brothers are so supportive. They were, they were there with her yeah. in London celebrating with her. You know, it's just, it's awesome. It is. It, it's such an experience. I mean, you're so blessed to, to have that in your life. You know, I mean, you have a lot of parents who, whose kids play basketball, but it's like community ball or it's just living their dream, you know what I mean? Within their heads kind of thing, you know what I mean? But they actually just don't play anywhere and they don't get to unfortunately their talent doesn't bring them places and here you have two kids I mean, one played in the oh, olympics I'm so 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 blessed i um i have been all over the world to many many countries in all of it because of my son and my daughter right you know countries i never dreamed of wanting to visit that turned out to be some of my um, biggest blessings yeah and so I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, very, very thankful. And, and I'm really proud of the people that they are. They're, they're great athletes, but they're better people. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're good spouses. They're good parents. They're good colleagues. They're good friends. And that makes me really happy. Of course. You know, you're, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're a mom, right? So how do you juggle the, di the distance um, with your kids? Well, like, for example, Anthony being overseas in Israel. Like, how do you juggle that distance? It's hard. And back then when he was overseas, we didn't have FaceTime. Yeah. You know, we talked on the phone and we bought an international plan so we could talk to him whenever we wanted to without selling the house to yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, but, and we visited, you know, when he was there, we would go over and because oh. initially I was like, Israel, I don't want you to go. It's dangerous. He said, mom, they say it's going to be fine. And then he sent for us. And I knew if he sent for us to come, it was not dangerous for, you know. And so we, we went and it was, he, he loved it there. He had a great experience there. And right. um, we, we had a good time. The first time Candace went, she was in eighth grade or seventh grade okay. seventh or eighth grade and so she was so excited she went to basketball practice with him and she practiced with him and his little team and we got ready to come home and the manager for the team said oh by the way we're going to confiscate her passport she's going to play for Israel growing up you're going to have to leave her here and we're like no <laughs> no you're like no 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 she's coming home I don't with me think so yeah <laughs> But it was fun. And what was it like for Anthony now to finally return back to the U.S.? It was really, um, it was really tough. He didn't come back to the U.S. first. He he came to Canada. 
He played for Toronto. He played for the Raptors. That's right. He was a Raptors player. Okay. Yeah. Before he came to, before he came to the States. And so, um, you know, he, the hardest thing when he left, like I say, Candace was, you know, 11 years old. So now his teammates are talking about her like a young lady, you know, oh, she's playing and she's really pretty. And, oh, you know, your, your sister's really good. And he's like, I had to wrap my head around. These guys are talking about my sister, my little bitty sister. I'm like, mm, she's not little bitty anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of grown up. And he says, I know, but even now, even now he sees her as, you know, they have a phenomenal relationship and they talk every day and they're really close. But he's she's still his little sister. Of course. And um, you know, not not in terms of, you know, career or anything like that. It's just that's my little sister. Yeah. And um so he he it was really, really unusual. Um the first time he ever saw her play, like I said, she was a junior at Tennessee and it was all-star break. And he came in from Toronto and um, I picked him up in Knoxville. We did not tell her he, he was coming. Otherwise she would not have been able to even walk. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, everybody at Tennessee knows who I am. So I, he couldn't sit with me or be with me or they, it would be known that right. he was there. So he had his little hat on and his coat and he came and sat in his seat and he was um, watching the game and stuff. And then third quarter, you know, this wasn't quarters then, but about that time frame. He called me and he said, come over and sit with me. And so I, I went over and sat and they were playing Ole Miss, I think it was. And um, they were up and she was having a really good game. And so coach took her out. And so he went down and he sat behind this bench and he started taunting her. Number three, you're no good. Number three, you can't play. And then he goes, number three, you don't have a left hand. And she turned around and saw him. And the tears flew. Aww. She jumped up off the bench and ran and jumped in his arms. Her coaches and teammates were crying. It was a mess. You're about to make <laughs> me cry. <laughs> she was she was so elated. And she said, thank you for not telling me. She said, I would not have been able to walk down the court. Yeah. And that's the thing about when you're a mom and, and you see that, you know, that love and that, that they have for one another. It makes you feel good. Oh, for sure. For sure. So what was her, her uh, rookie year like playing with, um, with the LA Sparks? You know, it was great. She had um, her very first game was at Phoenix um, and she had a great game mm -hmm. and she had great teammates. You know, she was playing with Lisa Leslie and Delisha Milton Jones. And I mean, she had good teammates. And so they, you know, they helped her and they led her and um, Michael Cooper was her coach and he as well tried to help her. And so she had a lot of, a lot of support and um, you know, she was pretty upset when they lost on a last second shot, but it's what happens. It's, a, you know, but, and, she, but um, she still ended her, her rookie season as rookie of the year and MVP. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, um, she had a, she had a good year yeah. and she had a good support cast as well. Absolutely. To help her. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's common for WNBA players to play overseas once their season is over for various reasons. I mean, financial reasons and some just to stay, stay in shape. What were Candace's reasons to play overseas and where did she go? That's where you make your money in the WNBA. Um, she went to Russia, 
Kathy Katternberg. She plays for UMMC Ugamka. Um, we didn't have any idea who Ugamka was. The, um, her, her, her agent signed her up and said it was a great program. She was actually supposed to go the year before, but she had Layla, so she couldn't. Right. And so um, they, you know, they signed her for the next year, and um, it turned out to be an amazing experience. They're one of the best teams overseas to play for. Um, I went with her so I could watch Layla and um, we chartered like the NBA does to every game. There were a few maybe that we didn't, but most games we were on a private charter jet to the games, Mm -hmm. stayed in great hotels. Um, The team was very supportive. She made, you know, a good, a good salary. And it was a, you know, we traveled. I, you know, I never been all the places that we were going. Um, She was nursing. So, I traveled with Layla and I traveled with her that first year everywhere she went. And so, you know, and it was hard, you know, you have along with just playing the game, you're nursing at halftime while the coach is talking to you and explaining everything to you. And, you know, you may not get a whole night's sleep because Layla might not be sleeping. And, you know, it, it was a tough, it was a tough time, but she made it work. I don't think people understand what it's like for a female athlete, especially when they're just having children. I mean, how different right. is that? You know what I mean? And and she's bringing this baby, this infant with her on the road. I mean, you don't have much of a choice, right? Like as, as a mom, mm-hmm. it's either you stop your career or you bring your baby yeah. with you. And, and she made that choice. But I mean, it, 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 it's awesome that she had somebody with her that was able to well, help. You should have seen us on our first trip to, Russia, you know, it was like they didn't have babies or something. We had 14 suitcases. Wow. <laughs> we had, you know, she was little. She was maybe five, six months old. We had baby food. We had snacks. We had just about everything. And finally we realized, well, they have Gerber baby food in Russia and they have all the thing, all the snacks, but we weren't sure that first year, you know? Yeah. And so um Layla. Layla began to speak a little Russian and she loved the cold weather. And um, she, you know, you would ask her, she said, I'm Russian. No, you're not. (laughs) You know, you live in Russia, but you're not. And we would laugh and it was a great experience. She's played um, in Russia for six years, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't go with her after that. Um, Layla was old enough to go with her if she wanted her to on her own or leave. One time she stayed here with me. Right. Um, and we would just travel to see her on, on, you know, we, one time we met her in Barcelona, Spain, and another time we met her in Lithuania, you know, in Czech Republic, stuff like that. So Layla's been all over the world. Wow. And um, while Candace sometimes feels like, what have I done? I take her everywhere. She is so well adjusted. Change does not throw her off yeah. and adults can't handle change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's, you know, she's used to being places where nobody understands what she's saying and she doesn't understand what they're saying and they make it work. Yeah. <laughs> the kids are so resilient, eh? She's they like, really, yeah, really are. I'm going to roll with my mom. So, yeah, she, she loved them. Um, you know, she went to Russia. She played in, in, in Turkey for Fenerbahce and she played in China. And, um, wow. you know, so she's, she, then she started doing the commentating and, um, she said, you know, my daughter's in school. I can't pull her out of school and I'm not going to leave her. So I got to figure out, maybe I'll start what I wanted my love to be um, when I was done playing. Maybe I'll just start a little bit early and see how that goes. And 
and she's had a she's had a great opportunity and she's really happy. Yeah. So let's fast forward a bit and let's talk about the wobble and the great <laughs> season she had in 2020 becoming defensive player of the year. I mean, how proud are how proud are you of her still betting her game like that at this point in her career? Oh, I'm I'm really proud of her. Um but what I think people don't see is the work that she puts in. I'm telling you, every right now, she's out doing her weight program. She does her Peloton, she does lifting, she does basketball stuff. She works out and keeps tries, you know, when you're her age, you have to keep your body in shape and 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 be prepared. And um the biggest thing, you know, I think if she could play in the wobble every year, she'd be thrilled because. Not really because she wants fans, but I mean, you think about it for female athletes, for WNBA players, they don't charter to games. They yeah. take pub, they take commercial, you know, yeah, yeah. they yeah. go to the airport like you and I and get mm-hmm. on a plane. And, yeah. You know, everybody wants to talk to them and they're crowded up in their seats and, and, you know, their legs, all of them are tall and it doesn't fit. So it's not real comfortable. And when you fly, you swell and you know, some you're flying early in the morning and you're playing a game, then you're flying early the next morning and you're back home and you play a game that night. And so it's really stressful. And so being in the wobble, you walk across the street to practice, you get on a bus and ride 10 minutes to your games. There's no travel. And so it made it easier, you know, on their bodies, yeah. all of them. Yeah, absolutely. That is so true. Now, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Now the stress part of it is, you're with everybody for three months, the same people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't leave, yeah. you know. And Layla went with her, and um, and she had a she had a great time. Several of uh, Candace's teammates and Layla are best friends. <laughs> right, right. Did you know? Did they have their kids too? No, they oh. di- they didn't. They're they were young. I mean, they're just they're maybe 22, 23. So you know, they're probably closer in, to Layla's age than they are to Candace. <laughs> so you know they were doing tiktoks and making jewelry and layla layla loved it she's all year she's been well when are they coming back i'm not i haven't seen them i said well they're overseas playing you know right right yeah and so the wobble was a you know it was they played every other day so that was tough you know yeah. you had to you had to keep yourself in shape and you didn't have a lot of time for practice because you were playing games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So season didn't didn't end like they wanted, but that happens. Yeah, it does. It does, right? So let's just go back a bit. Well, what's it I'm like? For, what's it like for you to be mom of two professional athletes? I mean, one in the WNBA and one in the NBA. Um, I'm really proud of them. I'm really appreciative and blessed for the opportunities it's given me to meet people and travel the world and, you know, um, get to do things that maybe I would not have gotten to do. Right. You know, um, but I, I, I'm really proud of them. You know, Candace is a great mom. You know, she, she does her level best to make sure Layla has what she needs physically, emotionally, you know, she, she does the best that she can. Yeah. And, um, I think Anthony the same way he's a, he has two sons and his wife and he's, he's a great dad, a great husband, 
He's a great son. And so it, to me, like you said, I have to say, I never dreamed that. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so proud of them. Well, speaking quickly about Anthony, what was his time like um, with the Raptors? Oh, he enjoyed it. They, they made the playoffs. He had great teammates that he's still friends with today. And um, he, he enjoyed being there. Um, he, he really did. And I got a chance to visit Canada. I get, thank you. <laughs> and I, I thought that Toronto was one of the most progressive cities I had seen. Yes. Very diverse. Yes, it is. You know, I obviously don't know the ins and outs and all of that, but right. you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, visiting and I grew up in Iowa. So cold wasn't a problem. Right. <laughs> Well, you knew enough to know that Canada is a great country, right? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Anthony is GM of the Lakeland Magic now, right? Yes, he is. And my son actually played um, for Lakeland Magic. He went to he play. Does or did? He did. He now he's yeah, now he's with I, the Raptors. I'm mean, with the Raptors. Now he's with the Magic. Oh my God! Edit that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, my son now plays. Got that two-way contract. I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, he was playing in Greece um, before uh, the Magic um, organization called him to come. And oh, he was elated. And oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, so and then when he made the roster, then he started playing with Lakeland Magic. So I believe that was, I want to say, 2017. And then, yeah, because now he's in his fourth year. So, yeah, 2017, he, he went and now he's on the on the roster with the Magic. But it was quite an experience for him. And he loves, loves, loves. I'm sorry. He loved it. He really, really liked playing with uh, Lakeland. Mm-hmm. No, Anthony, um, Anthony's in the bubble. The G League team is in the bubble That's in Orlando. Right. Yeah. And they're playing. And I, I talk to him all the time. He's a, he's a, he's a really nice guy. I'm not saying that because he's my son. You're allowed. He's just a really, he's just a really nice guy. Wow. You know, um, he really is. And, um, he really loves what he's doing. You know, he loves doing that. And he's, you know, he's had opportunities to do other things, but he wants to be a dad first. And he, he played, he spent so many years playing in the NBA that he wants to be there for his sons while they're at home. His oldest son's a freshman in college. So, you know, but his youngest son is a freshman in high school and he's, he's playing ball. His oldest son had nothing to do with basketball. Doesn't watch it. Didn't like it. Nothing. (laughs) But the youngest son eats, breathes, drinks, and sleeps basketball. When I'm there, he's come on, grandma, let's go watch some games. And we go watch games and, you know, he's, he loves to play. So Anthony wouldn't want to miss that for anything. Well, Candace has achieved many accolades so far throughout her career. However, I'm sure her greatest is her daughter. So describe that mother-daughter relationship. They're, they're really close. They're so much alike. <laughs> so much alike. And um, Candace always teases me because when she was little, when she was just pushing that last button, <laughs> I tell her, I hope you grow up and have a daughter just like you (laughs) she said yep I did and now you get to watch her (laughs) and they are they're a lot alike um but they have a great relationship um you know Candace is very focused on making sure you know Layla does what she's supposed to do and um this this remote learning isn't easy 
No, it's not. You know, it's really not easy for kids or parents. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're doing the best that they can to manage that. And, um, but, but Layla is blessed, you know, Candace works hard and, and um, has to travel and be away sometime. And Layla understands that, you know, because if her mom had a regular job, she works eight to five every day. Yeah. And there's no, oh, let's take a vacation in the off season that you can't do that because no. you only get two, three weeks of vacation. So yeah. she understands the, the, the blessings and the sacrifices. And, um, but she's a, she's a great mom. I'm really happy to, you know, to see that. Yeah. So Candace is undoubtedly a superstar in the WNBA. However, we see that the past and recognitions of that league compared to players in the NBA are a little uneven. What were any major differences you saw between her and Anthony when it came to their professional careers? Are you, are you speaking of compensation? That's whatever comes to the top of your mind. The difference between the two of them and um, well, I mean, clearly Anthony, they, you know, they chartered everywhere they went. They were, you know, paid a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, their games are all on television. Um, so easy access to watch. Yeah. Um, the WNBA, they did early in Candace's career come up with the league pass and it made it so that I could see all of her games. And that was amazing. And I'm, I'm glad they did that. I would like to recommend that they, if you pay for league pass, you should be able to watch all the games right. because if the games are on television or something, they black them out. And everybody doesn't have ESPN or you know NBA TV or, or some of the That's other right. channels. People, all people don't have that, but it, charge more for the league pass, just make the games available. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I had that, a... That's the one thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, I had a hard time watching my son, too. When he first started playing um, with the Magic, I mean, I didn't have... NBA TV didn't... They only showed Raptors games. So if, if he wasn't playing the Raptors, I had to find some sort of link somewhere, some kind of, oh, my gosh, some streaming. Yeah. With, oh, my God, you're praying that you don't get a virus. And it was crazy. But when Anthony played, we didn't have streaming. Yeah. Yes. You know, but what we did do is DirecTV where he was playing so we could get all the local games. Oh, they fixed that now. Your DirecTV has to be in your area. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So you can't do that. But, you know, we got to see it, you know. And um, I mean, one of the pluses when it, when Candace comes to Chicago, would come to Chicago to play after the game, we could go to dinner and hang out because she wasn't leaving. Whereas with Anthony, they were leaving right after the game. Yeah. Hey, so that was, you know. So um, speaking about games, tell me about your various experiences at games. Like what differences do you, did you observe at Anthony's games versus Candace's games? Well, clearly the stadium, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's packed. Now Los Angeles led the league in attendance and Sometimes it may not look like there are a lot of people there because the stadium is so big. Right. But, you know, there were a lot of people there. But, I mean, um, if I go back to Israel, when he played in Israel, um, I was so astounded. I told him, I said, I don't know why anybody would want to play in the NBA. <laughs> I said, these, these games are attended by families. Yeah. Fathers, wives, kids, 
and they were passionate about the game. They were screaming. They were, I could hardly watch the game. They were burning fires and drums. Horns were sounding. People were cheering. It was, uh, it, the gym was packed head to, you know, top to bottom. Yeah. And so it was like, wow, this is amazing, you know? Um, and so that, you know, that is kind of one difference. And the same thing with the W with the WNBA players, when you go overseas, the arenas aren't as large, but they're full. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of the places where you go and they play because it's kind of the only show in town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My son played in Turkey and he was saying the same thing that everybody in the family went out <laughs> to watch games yeah. and it was and packed. And the thing about Turkey, I don't know if he played for Fenerbahce or Galatasaray. He played Dushak. But that is, that is a deadly competition. When they play games, they only let the home teams in the games. It's, it's, it's terrible. They yeah. fight. Yeah. It's, they, they have, they have the, we went to, it was the EuroLeague and um, it was the EuroLeague championships and it was in Istanbul. And so Fenerbahce and Galatasaray were playing against each other and you couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Half the stadium was police. Yeah. You know, and we went to watch the game, Candace and Layla and I, and they, and some of her teammates, and they came, got us towards the end of the game and took us to a room and kept us in isolation until the stadium was cleared and people were gone because it's that dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. My son said the same thing too. I would like, I would ask him like, what'd you do when they're fights? So he's like, watch. He goes, what can I do? <laughs> he says, until they come right. get you and tell you like, get in the locker room. Like, you know what I mean? When it starts getting really bad, everybody has to just, all the players got to get off the court quick. I took a picture of uh, Layla with one of the police. He picked her up <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I had never seen anything like it. Yeah. <laughs> so your daughter has been playing professional basketball for over 13 years between the W. Isn't this, it's crazy. It's beautiful. This is, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So 13 <laughs> years um, uh, in the WNBA and overseas. So you've been able to experience her evolution. So is there still something that you would still love to see more happen in women's basketball? With her or in women's basketball? Both. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, women's basketball, I would like to see it continue to grow. I think we need to have some more teams. There are a number of players that could play in the league, but there's no place for them. Mm. A lot of good players get waived, cut, whatever. Um, I think we've got to find a balance between EuroLeague and the WNBA um, because when it comes down to it, money is going to win. Yeah. So we've got to figure out a scheduling, how we can make them both work. Um, because if you're if you're making a million dollars a year and you're making a hundred thousand, you're going to stay where the million is. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it's just a business, it's a business decision. So I think at some point I'd like to see there be more teams and more compatibility between the two, you know, over overseas. Yeah. Um, I think the collective bargaining agreement tried to address some of that with the teams offering players money to stay home and things like that. But what also happens is these teams overseas offer their players twice their WNBA salary to not play. Yeah. That's so, crazy. you know, now for Candace, she always loved to play at home. 
because that's where her family and friends could come to games and see her. And, you know, and she wanted, she wants there to be a league for Layla or Layla's colleagues if they decide to play, right. you know? Right. And so, you know, I would like to see, um, I would like to see more women coaches, you know, for some reason or other, the powers that be and owners um, choose male coaches and oftentimes NBA players, ex-NBA players, ex-NBA coaches. And um, I think they, they say for women, oh, they just need to get experience. But there are people, there are males coaching that had no experience. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's, let's keep the playing field level yeah. and equal. Absolutely. Because um, there are plenty of, of, of female coaches that would be qualified. Oh, for sure. So yeah. raising pro athletes is usually something um, that parents learn on the fly. In your case, you raised two professional basketball players. But if you could travel back in time and do something different, what would it be? And how would you change it? Hmm. Travel back in time, what would... Um, with Anthony... That's a tough question. Um, we moved his freshman year of high school to um, Naperville. So he started high school and he didn't know a single soul. But we asked him before, we said, we're thinking about moving. Your father has a new job. How do you feel about that? He said, I'm fine. We're going back to the Chicago area because he had lived there as a kid. And so, you know, we went back um, and it was, you know, he had a, obviously a, a good experience. So I don't know if there's anything, um, I mean, certainly there's things I could have done better. I could have been a better mom in certain ways, things like that. Um, but I'm not sure with, we, his father and I, one thing we always were united on was the children, um, making sure they understood they had to work hard. You never quit. You give it everything you've got. Um, you may not you know, you, you either win or you learn, you don't lose, you know, you're going to win or you're going to learn something and that kind of thing. Um, maybe I would have been more patient. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, exhibit a little bit more patience. Um, but I tried to always fight for them if they needed to be fought for. And I also tried to arm them with the knowledge that you have the right, the responsibility to respectfully disagree if you see something that's not going the way it should. Right. Um, with regard to Candace, mm -hmm. um, I think that I would have tried to um, be a little more patient with her as well. And I would have maybe reached out to some people that maybe could have help me understand a little bit better the process yeah. that was going to happen for her. Oh, for sure. Um, I tried to, um, I, I remember talking to Tina Thompson and, and um, Carla McGee and, and Dawn Staley. I remember talking to them a little bit, you know, and, and I tried to pay real good attention um, when I was at Tennessee and any of the ex-players would come back you know, when they would give advice and stuff, I tried to listen. Maybe I would have tried to be a better listener. Yeah. So I could understand a little bit more. Yeah. 
But you know what? Like I was saying, that happens on the fly, right? As parents, we just don't know. We just really do it by the seat of our pants, right? So is there a difference mm-hmm. between raising a male and female um, athlete? Not in, not in our house. Um, I think I had one of the first original girl dads. And so I always felt like Candace could do anything the boys could do. Mm-hmm. They were going to have the same rules and guidelines, um, the same, the same. Right. And Although my son will th- will tell you that, you know, she got to do more than they did. <laughs> you know, I told him the invention of the cell phone was a miracle because then I can keep t- keep tabs on where you are and that you're okay. Right. You know, I just want to know that you're okay. You know, and so, um, but I I wasn't trying to raise professional athletes. Right. I was trying to raise confident, strong, ambitious good people right whatever their passion may have been you know my son decided at three years old when my father was going through cancer surgery that he wanted to be a doctor and he never wavered from the time he started school until he graduated med school never wavered you know and so I just tried to support them with what their passions were he he played basketball he's six five he played basketball he came to us and he said I don't want to play basketball like that I just want to have fun great. We're not going to spend a thousand dollars sending you to camp to have fun. There you go. You can just play and have a good time. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can do something else, you know, that's fine. And, um, now he coaches his daughter's team. He has a basketball program down there and, you know, but he, that was his passion. So I would like to think that his, um, my ex-husband and myself supported my children, what their passion was. Right. Not necessarily being professional athletes, but being good people, right? Absolutely. successful contributors to society. What image do you think Candace is most proud of in passing on to young female athletes? You know, she works very hard. Um, she's a good mom. You know, she tries her best to do what's right. You know, and um, and I think never give up. You know, you uh, follow your follow your dream. Never let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Never. They can tell you that, but you don't have to accept it. You know, it's not it's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. You know. I love how she um, wants to share her skills with young athletes. And I was looking online the other day, and I think it was Through Her Eyes, I think Mm -hmm. it was called, where she had this platform, and she was saying, I'm going to share all my skills, and I want them to see exactly what I was taught and learn exactly what I've learned so they can be where I am. And for me, I was like, wow, that's amazing that an athlete is, you know what I mean? She's saying, hey, I got here and you can get here too. Mm -hmm. And when she has been to camps working with kids, she gets right out there and does the drills with them right alongside them and helps them, you know, and, and, and shows them how to do it. And um, she loves it. You know, Um, she started working with Layla. Layla has, Layla wanted nothing to do with basketball until maybe a year and a half ago. And then she said, mom, I think I want to play. She said, okay. But she didn't coach her. She gave, put her on the team and let somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. And she said that when she wants me to help her, she'll ask. And so now she will. 
say, mom, let's go, not all the time, but she'll say, let's go work on this or let's go work on that, you know? And um, it makes her so happy when, when she does. Oh, that's amazing. So get into um, the Chicago sky. How did that come about? As a player, um, you can, you can become an unrestricted free agent. And that means you can go wherever you want to. If you're restricted, your home team can match your contract and you have to stay. If you're unrestricted, you can go wherever you want. Well, every time Candace became an unrestricted free agent, they court her. And if they court you, you can't leave. Mm -hmm. But they can only court you so many times. Right. So this time they couldn't court her and they, they had reached the max. And um, she had an opportunity, you know, to, to think about what she wanted. And um, she, it was not an easy decision for her at all. Not an easy decision because she's been in LA her entire career. Right. But I think she, from, from what I understand, and I haven't talked to her like, what did you do? I just said, you know, she told me, she said, mom, I'm, I'm gonna go to the sky. I said, okay, how do, you, how do you feel? Is that your decision? She said, it is. And that's the only thing I want for her is I want her, her it to be her decision. I don't want people guilting or right. pushing or pressuring her into doing something and her feeling an obligation or, oh, I got to do this for this person or, oh, I got, you've got to do what you want to do for you. And this may be your last time to have that opportunity in this arena. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the basketball arena. And so she, um, you know, she, it's a chance to come home and finish your career where you started it. That's right. And, you know, she, um, the players all reached out and, you know, in some way or fashion, I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm sure she, I'm, I can't imagine she'd go somewhere without talking to the players. So yeah. Yeah. Um, she knows most of them. Um, you know, it's the coach. She was really excited about that opportunity. And um, she's just really looking forward to it. And she's got nothing but um, positive, uh, positive feedback right. all, all along the way. And she's really excited about it. And so um, I'm praying that she stays healthy and that, you know, she has a good year. If they, you know, if they don't win a game, as long as she's happy with her decision, that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And to have that, and to have that opportunity. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. And it's good that she mm -hmm. is able to have a good control of her career. Absolutely. You know what I mean? A lot she, of players she don't. She has not. Yes. She has not until this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's common. And she did. And, and she's not leaving disgruntled. She's not leaving upset. She's not leaving mad. She, she didn't demand a trade. She didn't force them into letting her go. She simply made a decision that she was able to make. Well, like you said at the beginning, this is a business, right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. not about personal feelings. And this is her career, and she has to make decisions which, which, um, which are good for her. She has to put herself and Layla first, right? So, Yes. And everybody understands yeah. that in this business, right? You, you never know what happens. I mean, you could be, you know what I mean? The, the number one player and the next thing you know, you're, you're number 10 and either you're traded or you're no longer signed and you just have to find your way. 
and yeah. a career doesn't, uh, I mean, a, a basketball career or professional basketball career doesn't usually last that long. However, no. I noticed that with women, it seems to last so long compared to men. Some women. Yes, that's true. Some women. You yeah. pay attention to um, some women. There are some that play two, three years and they're out of the league. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, we, since Candace began playing two leagues, two, two teams are no longer there. The Monarchs and the Houston Comets. Yeah. And now they are have 12, not, I believe. 12. Um, there's teams 12 teams. Yes. Right. But there, there used to be 14 yeah. and on those 14 teams were 12 spots. So you're talking about 24 spots that are gone. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And so it's, you know, um, it's not, it's not easy to make a team. It's not easy to be a female athlete when you think yeah. about it. Right. I mean, here they're, they're, they're having children and some women, you know, maybe they have to stop their careers because of that. And then you have NBA players, you know what I mean? Where it's, it's just different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the family life is different. It really is. I do feel though that, um, and statistics prove it out, but I can see it. Women that have competed in sports, you know, are better all around. They learn to be a part of a team. They learn to win. They learn to lose. They learn to, to work with a group. They learn to accept things not going exactly the way they want them. And there's so many lessons to be learned when you play a sport as a young girl. Oh, for sure. You know, and, um, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right, Sarah, let's learn some fun facts about Candace. What is that go-to dish that you make that she absolutely loves? Now or then? Cause she's a, she's very healthy now. You know, she's learned to take care of her body and eat better. So are you asking about now? <laughs> <laughs> or back in the day. Let's say back in the day. Back in the day, I let them choose what they wanted for their birthday. And her birthday, she wanted barbecue ribs, baked beans, and french fries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, probably lasagna made with ground turkey. Okay. Let's, hmm. What's one item as a child that she could not live without? Her bear. Oh, what's her bear's name? She, bear. Oh. <laughs> Does she still have bear? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. He's laying right in there. He, um, uh, when she was three, <laughs> we were in TJ Maxx and she wanted this bear. And I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, yes, I want the bear. So I bought it for her. And my mother used to sew the eyes back on when they'd fall off. <laughs> And um, she's been, he's been in bathe and he's still, he's, she still has bear and um, Layla loves bear. Aww. And when they went to the bubble, Layla thought she packed bear in the suitcase and she didn't in her carry on. And when she got there, it wasn't there. And her and Candace were both crying. Do you have bear? Where's bear? I said, well, bear's laying in there on the bed. He's fine. <laughs> well, don't send him to us because don't send him. It might get lost. So, bear <laughs> oh that's so cute <laughs> did you have a childhood nickname for her and if so what was it can can oh i said come on can her brothers called her can do it everything and get away with it 
if there was a one-on-one competition today between Anthony and Candace, who would win? Basketball? Yeah. Anthony wouldn't play. <laughs> he knows his sister no. can smoke him? No, he just wouldn't <laughs> play. He just, it's so funny. When he retired, that's it. They try to get him to play on leagues down there and in men's leagues and stuff. His brother tries to get him to play. He said, no, I'm done. He said, when I was done, I'm done. He said, nothing good can happen. <laughs> he, said, he said, if I beat her, I'm supposed to beat her. If I lose, you're old and no good. He said, nothing good can happen. You know, <laughs> now they'll play horse or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a phenomenal shooter. So right. he probably would win at that, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't play. <laughs> That's awesome. What three tips would you give a mom who has to deal with a coaching decision that she did not agree with? What would you say? Guilty. To her? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hold on. We'll, <laughs> we'll no, I'll ask. Um, yeah, go I ahead. I would never, I would say, first of all, um, you can't be loud and vocal with it. If you're, if you and I are talking, I say, Wendy, can you believe this? Look at this. Why would they do this at this time or something like that? Nobody agrees with everything a coach does, Uh but hopefully the one thing that you can't do is if you're, if your child loses confidence in a coach, they can't play for them. So if you spend all your time berating them and tell them how bad they are and they're no good, then it's hard for that player to then go out there and believe in what this coach is doing. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. You might not agree with what the coach is doing either, but I have learned that, you know, um, Candace with, 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 uh, the one thing with Pat summit that just completely floored me was that the leeway and what she gave the freedom that she gave the players to talk to her. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, they would be discussing something and she'd say, okay, well, tell me, how do you want to do it? And they'd say, we want to do it. Okay, do it. And she said, because when they buy in and it's their idea, they're going to make it work. Yeah. They're going to make it work. And so I was just so surprised that, you know, the freedom and the, you know, the stuff I was like, Candace, did you say that? She said, we were having a discussion. I'm like, oh my goodness. And she's like, no, she encourages it. She wants to know what we're thinking. And, you know, and so I think that um, that's a positive too. Coaches can't, if you have a coach that's very insecure and not confident in their decisions and their abilities and what they're doing, they're going to make life a lot more difficult, I feel, for their players. Mm -hmm. So you You said guilty. So tell me, what did you do? (laughs) Oh, I would sometimes, you know, make comments watching, especially WNBA. Yeah. You know, it's like, what in the world? Because Everybody has their own way of doing things. It doesn't mean mine is right. Mine might not work either, but sometimes you look and it's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I was hardest, hardest on the refs. I got a technical once when she was in AAU. Oh, that's the best. (laughs) Everybody's like, whose mom is that? (laughs) And I was on the bench. I was a coach. Oh, I guess. So, you know, I got, I got a technical (laughs) and it was really funny because all I said was something to the effect that these aren't NBA players and they doggone sure aren't NBA refs. Ooh. <laughs> See, you hurt somebody's feelings. 
didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what but that's what I tell the kids though. You guys aren't great players. These aren't great refs. <laughs> if you want great refs, you have to get into the top leagues. Then I figured out doesn't make a difference, but whatever. Did you figure that out outside the gym? Or <laughs> 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 they put you out? <laughs> no, never. I only had that happen once and I said, you know, I would not do that again. No. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, but it's it's hard. I hear, you know, I, I go, I love basketball. So I go to a lot of, when I can, when it's not COVID, I go to a lot of high school games. And I always try to tell parents, you know, you think your kid is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We all do, you know, but sometimes what the coach needs from your child is not everything they can give. That's right. You know, they need certain things from certain players. And even though you can do those other things, this is what I need for this team to work. You for know? sure. And so it's, it's, it's hard, you know, and they look at me like, and so, <laughs> you know, but I tell you, you can't, you gotta, you gotta support your kid and you want them to be in a, a good position where they're not, you know, stressed and thinking the coach doesn't like, Oh, the coach doesn't like me. No, you're just not that good right now. So if you want to play, get better. You're that honest you know? coach. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I don't know that I would do it that way. I think I would hope that with kids, you know, um, I volunteered to do a seventh and eighth grade team in the city when just for something to do. And plus I wanted the girls to know that they were something special too. And I got Anthony to, when he was playing, he bought the school girl uniforms for the girls team. Mm -hmm. See, the boys usually got new uniforms and the girls got the boys old ones. So oh. we bought girls uniforms and um, Nike gave them shoes and bags. And, um, you know, you just want them to feel like they're somebody too. Yeah. You oh, know, sure. and that they, and that they matter, you know, and that's where I, I learned, you know, one of the players was just angry. She's like, you let her do this. You let her do that. I said, she spent all summer on the court playing basketball with the boys. You can't play. Go learn how to play and you can do the thing she does. I can't will, I can't will you to make plays. You have to learn how to do it. That's right. So just work hard, work hard and don't look at her enviously. Just be supportive and ask her to help you. Maybe she can help you get better. There you go. There you yeah. go. So what advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a tough teammate? Tough from what standpoint? Um, let's a say. A teammate that's picking on them or a teammate that isn't a good teammate or. Picking on them. Candace comes home and she says, you know what? So-and-so is really, she's just really, really driving me nuts. If it isn't physical, ignore her. The best way to teach her is to show her. Go out on the floor and destroy her. Make sure she understands that you are the best one out here walking. Yeah. Oh, so for sure. That way, that's the best way to shut somebody up is to show them. Yep. You know. And my last question to you. If you could give only one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be? Enjoy it. It goes really fast. You look up and I'm like, 13 years? Are you kidding me? 
Candace is going to be 35. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. She's going to be 35. I mean, a couple of years enjoy ago, she was that kid. She was that kid that wanted to take her shirt off. Right. So. <laughs> yep. Enjoy, enjoy the process, you know, enjoy the process. Um, Cause it goes really, really fast. And I I'm friends with a, a lot of the moms that were on the spark team, the moms that are on Chicago team. I live in Chicago area. So I go to a lot of games and um, one of the ESPN reporters was walking through the gym and she saw me and she said, Hey, what are you doing here? I said, I'm a fan. I'm a mom, but I'm a fan. I go watch games when my daughter's not playing. She said, I'm sorry. I never thought about that. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. It's amazing that you still support the league regardless. I do. And I, I, you know, people, um, players and coaches will leave me tickets, but a lot of the time I'll just go buy a ticket because they're, first of all, they're dirt cheap. And yeah. second of all, it's supporting, you know, the team Yeah. and, um, not, not for sparks games, but you know, oftentimes, and then a lot of times the players will know that I'm going to come and they'll call and say, you come to the game. You want me to leave your tickets? You know, and if they do, then I will, but I know how stressed Candace has been because you know what the, 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 the belief is that they just can get as many tickets as they want and they can leave them for you. Yeah. Well, they get a certain number of tickets. And after that you pay for them. And I can't tell you how many tickets Candace has paid for, for family and friends to come. And they think that she just gets the tickets and leaves them for them. And so I never want to be that person. That's just like, okay, no matter what, leave me a ticket, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I have to say, people say, oh, they don't make as much money. I said, as the NBA, it's a business. Yeah. Okay. It's a business. And so they should make more. They should get a higher percentage of profit on, on product, things yeah. like that, but they're not going to make, you know, $10 million a year. Right. They just, the whole team's budget isn't I that. was just going to say the, the league doesn't even make as much as the NBA. So how could the players be paid as much and as so the I, NBA? It, I, you know, I tell people all the time when I was in high school, I watched NBA games on tape delay. They weren't <laughs> even on regular TV. Yeah. So the league is coming, it's growing, you know, now they're making, you know, when you think about it, they're making more money. And I, I, more so than salary, I would love to see their benefits different and they've gotten better benefits, but yeah. it, I, I'd like to see them charter, yeah. be able to charter. You know, it's very hard when you're, you're trying to get, you know, you've got to get in the, get to the airport and you've got to get on this plane and everybody that recognizes you wants to talk to you. And, yeah. you know, you, they're sitting next to you and you want to sleep and you can't because they're talking to you yeah. and the seats are crowded. And, you know, I'd like to see them if at, if at all possible, be able to charge, especially on long flights. Yeah. Of course. You know, when you go from LA to New York, that's a long flight. Mm -hmm. Then you get off of there and you get on a bus and you ride two hours, you know, things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That so I'd true. like to see, I'd like to see some of those things, um, you know, change, but um, I'm just excited to be able to watch her play another year in Chicago and um, be able to, go to all the games now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I come out here and go to some games, but now, you know, I'll be able to go to the games in Minnesota, Indiana, and 
and at home. And so that's awesome. Right. Those are within driving distance to you, correct? They are. Yeah. They really are. And a, a really good friend of mine, her daughter that played on the Sparks with Candace, um, uh, Chelsea Gray, she's now in, in Vegas. And so she's like, you got to come to Vegas to visit us. And, you know, those friendships that some of my best friendships that I have in my life were made with my sons and daughters, friends, parents. Right. Wow. Well, Sarah, I am so happy and so blessed that you spent some time with me today and I got to know your kids better. I got to know you. It was fantastic. So thank you so, so much. I wish Candace all the best in her season. I am thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. I have never done a podcast before, so thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it, and I, I did listen to some of them. I haven't gotten through all of yours yet, but they're really interesting. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You know what? And this is giving me an opportunity to learn more about the WNBA. My son, you know what I mean? My son plays in the NBA. So for me, I've never really, um, until maybe like a year ago, started really watching WNBA games. So this for me, um, and I played basketball, but I still never watched women's basketball. You know what I mean? So, I mean, well, we want you to, we want you to watch. Absolutely. Oh, now I'm a fan. So we want you to be, we want you to be a fan. And maybe one day I'll get a chance to meet you. Um, if you're in, if you end up in um, Orlando and I end up there. <laughs> Absolutely. Visiting. Listen, once, visiting our son. Uh, yes, yes. And you know what? Um, once travel, um, once we're allowed to travel again and everything is safe. I mean, I want to go watch games. So I would come watch Candace play because I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, I oh, love Chicago. I really do. And and I'm happy that the season, well, we'll know, we don't know now, but usually between May and September, it ain't that cold in Chicago. So I'll come then. I do it naturally. Oh, oh.